and the way it was running just did not look like any human. Immediately, it felt like someone was watching. Something was watching. We seen some eyes which were glowing a bright red. Welcome everyone. You're listening to this Sasquatch show brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. Sit back and enjoy. Good morning, Sheldon. This is Dwayne C. Anderson, uh, currently now living in Arizona in the White Mountains of Navajo County. However, the incident I'm about to tell you about encounter took place Thanksgiving morning, 1994, in DeKalb County, Indiana. Now, at that time, I was also a law enforcement for the city of Garrett. I'd been on the force for probably about four and a half years full-time and a couple of years as a reserve officer. Now, this Thanksgiving morning in 1994, that was my first morning off as a police officer and my first holiday. So I had made plans to go deer hunting that morning. It was plug season for Indiana back then. And then after that, we were going to go to my in-laws at that time and the lady I was married to. So it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm getting around, getting ready, getting everything together and head out to where I was hunting. I park my truck, look at my watch, and it's 5.15. So it's pitch black, and it's November, and it's a mild winter this year for Indiana. I mean, the temperature was 45, no snow, and we'd only had just a little precipitation just prior to that. So I walk, start walking back the lane that goes back to the woods where I hunt, and it's it's probably about a half mile hike. Now, as stated, I had just probably got out of my truck, walking back, 45 degrees, and the woods that I'm hunting is only three and a half acres square at the most, and it butts up to a very large woods to the north of it. But it was surrounded by fields on the west side, the east side, and the south side, which had been planted with corn. So as I'm walking back and I get to the, the field on the east side of it, which is only about a half acre, that's the entrance I'm going to use to get to my tree stand on the west side. Because that morning, the wind currents were coming out of the southwest, blowing northeast. So knowing the woods as well as what I do, again, it's pitch black. And I start walking towards the path I'm going to use. And all of a sudden, I started smelling this really, really foul odor. And I mean, it's it's rancid. And it stops me in my tracks. I start gagging. My eyes are watering. And I start backing up. And I'm thinking, you know, what the hell is this? You know, am I going to be stumbling over a dead body, a deer, or possibly even a human? So the longer I stood there, the worse it got. And, you know, then I started hearing this low growl, very baritone. Uh, It was coming from the north on the south edge of that big wood. And I'm probably only maybe, I don't know, 15 yards or less to the edge of that woods. And it just kept growling. And I I thought, what? 
what the hell? And I thought, well, maybe it's a buck because, you know, bucks and rut, they stink. And then I'm thinking, now bucks, one, they don't growl, and two, they don't stink like this because they smell more like musk when they are in heat. So I'm standing there, and, and the growl continues, and I'm thinking, well, shit, this ain't a bear, is it? Because Michigan, from where we're at, is probably only 40, 45 miles as a crow flies straight north. Being a mild winter is nothing for a bear to have wandered down out of Michigan, possibly. And, you know, he's making home in my woods right now. So I hollered out real loud, get the hell out of here, bear. And that's when the roar come from the woods. And it's just, it made me freeze right then and there. And it was probably 30 seconds long, but I've never ever heard something like this before that morning it was just it was vibrating in my chest and that's when I become a little bit concerned and figured you know what the hell is this so I I'm carrying my Mossberg 12 gauge slug gun in Indiana you can carry your gun loaded but you can't have anything in the tube so I racked around in the tube and I hollered Get the hell out of here, bear. And that's when it roared again and started shaking trees. And there were two trees that were possibly 10 feet apart. And you could just see them shaking as you're looking at the skyline and hear them rattling the branches. And that's when I thought, what does, you know, I was really confused. You know, here's this smell. I've never smelled it before in my life. Uh, here's this thing growling at me and then also roaring, and now it's shaking trees. So I pointed my shotgun to the left of me and towards the ground, and I fired off a round. I jacked another round in the chamber very fast, and I said, get the hell out of here. Well, after shooting the, the warning shot, I guess if you want to say that's what it was, I was just trying to make sure it knew I had a firearm it got deadly silent nothing no sound no movement in the trees and then i hear a snap i thought what the hell is that well it you could hear it walking off to the north i mean it wasn't a earth shaking experience but you could feel it just thump 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 and hear it And maybe after about, I'm thinking five, six steps, nothing. Didn't hear anything. Well, at that time after that, man, I started, you know, I kind of came to my senses and I started backing up towards the lane, keeping my eyes fixed and everything right there on that spot, wherever what it was, was standing. So once I got back to the lane and I started heading towards my truck and walking down the lane, when you get closer to the road, on both sides, on one side is a wooded fence line, probably about 15 foot wide, and runs most of the way down to my truck. And on the other side is just a empty field that runs along the railroad tracks, but it's up higher off of the lane. So I jumped on that field, and I walked down it towards my truck, watching my six, and watching the north side, because 
whatever it was could have been, you know, sneaking up on me because the wind currents wouldn't have blown anything towards me. And I wasn't taking any chances trying to walk down through that lane with those, you know, the wooded fence line on one side and, and the embankment on the other. Once I got to my truck, I unlocked it, pulled my front seat forward, unlocked my lockbox in the back, and I pulled out my Glock 45, which was my duty weapon at that time. I sat in my truck, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, what the hell just happened here? You know, because I didn't have a clue. You know, I really hadn't thought too much about Bigfoot until, you know, I started thinking, well, it couldn't have been a bear because bears can't grab trees. And the roar, bears don't roar, they growl more. So I sat there, and once the sun come up, probably 45 minutes later, an hour or so, I thought, well, I'm going to walk back and see, you know, what's going on. And being a cop, I guess I was just curious by nature as well. So I took my binoculars with me at that time, and I walked back towards the entrance, and I'm standing on the lane, and I'm you know, checking everything out with my binoculars in the area where where it was was standing, making sure if it had returned that I wasn't going to get into another, you know, fisticuff with it. And I didn't see anything. So I started walking up towards the edge of the woods. And about the time I started to enter, it was legal hunting time then, and I heard a, a shot go off in the woods to the north. Now, this woods was owned by a lumber company at that time. And their employees had permission to hunt. So I'm thinking, okay, well, somebody else is up there. That's good. So as I'm walking in, I'm looking for any evidence of whatever it was standing there. And that's when I, the first thing I noticed was the tree that was snapped. Now I'm 6'1 at that time, and I'm looking right at this snap. It's broke. And whatever it was pushed it to the east. It was pointing due east. So when I looked around, I seen to the, just on the other side of it, you could see where the ground had been, you know, trampled down, something had been standing there, but you couldn't see any footprints. Being November and being in a, a hardwoods forest and everything, it was probably loaded with leaves from oak trees, ash trees, uh, walnut, and just a couple other varieties as well. But I was looking at the tree, and I thought, damn, whatever did this had to be one strong SOB because the tree was at least six inches around. It was a fresh snap. You could smell the sap that was, you know, how like you cut wood and you smell that fresh cut. That's what it was like. After that, I started going north, trying to find anything to indicate what it might or might not have been. And in a small clearing, probably about, no, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 yards from where that tree break was, there was this small area that was damp and wet from a slight shower that we had had a couple nights before. And that's when I seen the first footprint. It was huge. And it was a barefoot. It wasn't a boot. It wasn't a tennis shoe. It wasn't any kind of a, a, a shoe that I could see it was just a big bare foot and that's when I started realizing oh shit you know I I may have damn well very well spooked up a Bigfoot in that area 
And I put my foot beside it, and I'm wearing a size 11 boot. And it's a good seven inches longer than what my boot was. And I started walking further north, and I found another print, and it was the right foot. And again, bare, big, no shoe, no boot, but a bare footprint, and about the same size. So I, I just, I left. I was starting in onto the woods that you know the lumber company owned, and I decided I'm going to back out. Somebody had just shot. I don't want to take a chance of spooking anything that they might be, you know, getting a chance to see a big buck or something like that. And also I only had permission to be on their property if I was tracking a wounded deer. So I didn't want to run into somebody. Well, what are you doing? Uh, I'm tracking something. <laughs> what am I going to tell them? Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm possibly tracking Bigfoot, <laughs> but I did. I, I, I just, I backed out and I went home got ready, got around, and we're headed towards our in-laws for Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm quiet. And, and the whole time I'm driving up I-69 to Angola, I'm still thinking, what? You know, what went on? Did I really, did I really spook up a Bigfoot? Was there really one there? Or am I imagining something? And that's when my wife asked me back then. She said, uh, are you okay? I said, yeah, sure, I'm okay. And she said, well, you're awful quiet. I said, yeah, I know. And then she said, you come home really early, too. Did you see anything? I said, no, too many hunters out there. You know, what was I going to tell her? Well, I think I saw a Bigfoot. And being in law enforcement back then, too, and this is 1994, Sheldon, not too many people are talking about any experience or encounters they may or may not have had. There was still... There was information out there, but it's more around like your Yetis and uh, Bonneville Snowman, and you always thought about them being in the Alps and Mount Everest and all of that. But I, I didn't say nothing to her about it, and I didn't talk to anybody about it on our department or in our city because you're expected to be a level-headed person. And even if I had started talking to somebody about it, they'd just start laughing, and, you'd, and then you'd have been ridiculed. There's so many people out there who had encounters now, and they're talking about it. And there's also a world of vast knowledge out there. So it's, it's more acceptable today with those of us who, A, have had an encounter of some sort, one way or another, whether it be like mine, or also somebody who has actually seen and went face-to-face with one, or has seen one from a distance and i've talked to a few people now that have seen them and also you know was scared just the crap out of them like i was yeah but that's you know it's it's more accepted nowadays through those of us who believe and it's easier to talk with those people because you you know you're not going to be laughed at or ridiculed uh, exactly. granted on some yeah some of the, these people out there though that you know they're they're hackers or they're just want to cause problems because they, you know, they're non-believers and they come on these pages. And I, like I told some people, I said, these kind of people on every page out there. And that's pretty much so it, Sheldon. I mean, like I said, I never told anybody. And after researching more and more after that incident, I started reading that, you know, uh, the smell was one thing that I'll never forget. And the low growl, 
people ask me, well, did it, did it, did you feel the growl? Some people say it just, it, it just shakes them. I said, no, I said, wasn't the growl that really shook me. <laughs> it was that roar. And I said, I've never heard anything like that. That's something that, you know, I'll never forget. And also just seeing those footprints. Yeah. I truly believe I did have an encounter. Now, yeah. I, I talked to some other people that I knew. Uh, one was a retired state trooper. Rest his soul. He just passed away a while back. But he had a farm. If you were to think about it, again, as a crow flies, it's only about a half mile to the northwest of me. And we were good friends. I asked him, I said, hey. I said, uh, you have anything strange happening on your, your farm? Around Thanksgiving time, and he said, "No, why?" And I said, "Oh, I just wondered." And he said, "I was out hunting, but he said I didn't see any deer." Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell him what I'd seen or anything like that. Tom would have been okay, but I just kept it to myself. Again, uh, you don't want somebody thinking you're you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much it, Sheldon. I mean, it's uh, it's it's never happened to me again. Uh, and I went back out hunting on that woods. I. I enjoyed hunting it. Uh, shot a lot of deer, squirrel, and um, living here now in Arizona, uh, we've seen some structures, we've seen some footprints, but that's about it here. Nothing as far as smell, sounds, or sight. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask, or I wanted to actually tell, say before I ask you a question, but you know, I want to touch on you know you sharing your story, and I do appreciate it because I think the more people that have encounters. Um, uh, tend to keep it in they don't want to they don't want to have that stigma of being you know called crazy and all that stuff and, and part of the goal of the podcast exactly. yeah part of the goal for the podcast actually was to try to really try to help normalize people talking about their encounters because they these creatures are definitely out there they, they really are out there you know seeing is believing and you know and i i can vouch for that that these things are actually real so thank you for telling your story and and not keeping it in or at least deciding to actually come out and come out with it um, it, it sounded like it took a, took you quite a while to, to process exactly what had happened, um, during your, your excursion there. Did you know about Bigfoot before you had, you had gone out or was there any kind of interest in Bigfoot be beforehand? Well, in Marion, Indiana, which is Grant County, and that is south of where this took place. And just west of where I used to live by about 22 miles. I lived in Montpelier, Indiana. Back in 19, I believe it was, is it 1964, Sheldon, or 1965? There was a woman who had an encounter with a Bigfoot along the Mississippi River. She was walking with her dog that day. And she's seen it. And she no sooner seen it. And it saw her and it took off. Well, my aunt and uncle, they worked at RCA. Uh, there in Marion, and they always grabbed uh, an evening paper and a morning paper. And they come home, and here's this picture of this big footprint in the paper with the story that, you know, the lady had seen it, scared her, and so on. And then there was the, your Patterson film in 1967 with Patty in Northern California. And I watched that, and I think I, I think we even watched that in high school. They showed that in high school. So, yes, I had started believing that, you know, these creatures are for real. But, you know, you're thinking only maybe just just a couple hundred maybe here and there. And there was more thought that they were, again, like in the Himalayas, 
you know, that's where you were seeing a lot of the Yeti and, and the abominable snowman, Mount Everest, you know, with all these climbers and Sherpers who have seen them and the tracks that they've showed. So I, I did believe in them, but I really didn't dig that much into them, Sheldon, until after my encounter in 94. And then again, though, back then, the internet is, not filled with as much information as what it is today. Uh, people are, were not talking about it again. People didn't want to be ridiculed. Uh, their encounters made them shut up. They clammed up. And you're right. They Some of them would never return to the woods or the outdoors and enjoy the camping or recreational activities that they used to prior to that. So, again, after that, then I started watching, you know, some shows on them again uh, with them being spotted all over and more and more so believer today and i know they're out there i've seen too many good pictures of them and at the same time uh, too many too many respectable and incredible or incredible people are out there saying you know i just saw this or i just saw that and it might not even be bigfoot nowadays aliens are being talked about more so ufos the dog man and the lizard man so it's it's out there now and and you can't cover it up anymore you just there's just too many people are saying this is what happened to me yeah yeah it, it seems like uh more and more doors are opening as more information becomes available and people have you know accessibility to to new things right and maybe you know people not being afraid to share their story because there's so many avenues to do so now. Right. So that, that probably has a, a lot to do with it. I, uh, I, wanted, I agree. Yeah. I wanted to ask you though, like when you heard the roar and then you, it's, it, it almost seemed, and please forgive the vulgarity, but it seemed like you got into kind of a pissing contest with, with this Sasquatch. Cause it, you know, the more you would yell, it would yell right back. And you know, it, 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 it took up into you firing your weapon for it to actually stop. And, and it seemed like it probably they probably got out of there because I, I do believe they know what guns are. But um, do, do you think that he was uh, like trying to get you to leave? I do. After thinking about this over the, the years, Sheldon, and, and stu- you know, like again, trying to find as much information as what I could, I believe and down deep now that I actually spooked him out of his hunting spot. I believe he was hunting. And, you know, I think he was looking for a fresh kill on a deer. You know, the, the deer population in that area was just phenomenal. You know, usually it's like six per square mile. Well, this was more like about 15 per square mile as far as the deer population goes. And they got to eat. And I've read stories, you know, now that, you know, they've made kill on uh, wild boars and elk and deer. So I, I think he was hunting and I think he was just trying to tell me, hey, bud, get the hell out of here. This is my spot today. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, I was asked, had you know, did I have any encounters prior to that in the woods over the years I'd hunted? I said, no, no, that was it. That was the first time and the last time. And I think I was actually, like I said, in quite somewhat of a pissing contest. And he just wanted to, he wanted to hunt. He wanted to make a kill. And it was a good possibility he would have probably got one that day. And so... In, in that aspect, yeah, I, I think I, he was just trying to warn me, hey, get out of here. And the smell, I think, was probably part of that warning system, you know, because it was just, I mean, I was gagging, snot. And the best, you know, people ask me, well, how would you describe that? 
And I, and I told him, I said, have you ever walked into a room that's had an open ammonia bottle for a while and, and there's no ventilation? I said, you start gagging, you start, you know, you get snotty nose and it burns your eyes. I said that only it sounds more like rotten meat and skunks. And I, you just old outhouse has not been taken care of. It was just so rancid that and foul that I was actually stopped in my tracks by it. And I've, you know, in talking with other people now about this and everything, and you know, they, some say, well, I didn't smell anything. And others say, yeah, I know what you mean. I'll never forget that smell either. But you know, uh, I got a question for you, sir. Oh, absolutely. Do you know, do you know Steve Isendahl? Uh, you know what? I've actually heard that name. Yeah. I-S-D-A-H-L, Steve Isendahl. He's there in British Columbia himself. Now, he is a Bigfoot believer. He's a professional guide for hunting and fishing. And he's had his own encounters up there and across the United States, too, as he's hunted the United States. Oh, is it? Sorry for interrupting. Uh, sorry for interrupting. Is, it, it's, is it Steve from howtohunt.com? Exactly. There so you go. Okay, that's why I've, yeah, okay, I've heard the name. Okay. Right. And if you go on YouTube and you watch any of his videos, you know, he has hundreds and hundreds of people sending in their stories to him. And he's telling them on the air with his phone, you know, he's sitting in a beautiful location up there. So you're envious of him being able to be out like he is. And he is an avenue for people to share their story. And then he'll talk about it after, you know, he's read it and say, you know, thank you for sharing. and you know, don't be afraid to go back out there. He said, sometimes these encounters only happen once in a lifetime. Or he said, you know, if you do go back out and you go into the woods and you feel like you're being watched or you're close to one, just say, you know, make peace with it. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm disturbing you today. I'm leaving and I'll come back another day. Today's your day. And this guy's great. He's got a, a take no shit attitude. He does not believe in the mainstream media telling any of these stories about Sasquatch or aliens or whatever. And he believes that the government is not telling the truth as a lot of us do. <laughs> Don't and get me started. Again, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we could go for an hour or two on just that. You're right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, in that aspect, uh, he's a great way to do it. Um, the two guys that I did the podcast with here that live in Indiana on cryptid creatures. Well, now I'm admin on the show and helping recruit people that, you know, are believers and listening to their stories and, and saying, you know, Hey, can we schedule you for a podcast and get you going? These guys are great. Just like your show. You guys are great. Oh, and thank it's you. good to have people. It's good to have people out there like you that aren't afraid to hang it out there on the air and try and get people to realize, look, these creatures are for real. They've been here for ages. Uh, probably at the beginning of time, they've been here. If, you know, somehow, some way, shape or form, their evolution just didn't go past and beyond what they have become today. And so it's, it's great to have guys like you and and others out there that are willing to again like you said get people to open up share their experience and say hey 
it's okay. We, we believe you. We're not going to ridicule you. We're not going to laugh at you, but we'd love to hear your story. And if we have answers for your questions, please ask us. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, I'm so, I should put a full disclosure here that, uh, I did actually start the podcast for more selfish reasons is because I, I, I'm totally enamored with, with Sasquatch and <laughs> I, I love hearing other people's encounters and t- people telling stories. So I, I should say that beforehand, but it, you know, a happy side effect of, of doing the show here is that, you know, people do get to get it off their chest and, and you know, talk to somebody else who's not going to judge them and think that they're crazy. So I think the more people that, that actually put out the good vibes out there that say, you know what, you're not crazy. You can come talk to us about it. You know, I, I think the better. So, but, but thank you. I do appreciate the compliment. It, it's a, it, it's a labor of love and it's a, you know, it's a subject that I love. So it, it's win-win for me, <laughs> the best way to put it. Well, that's good. And again, and it takes a, a, a strong attitude towards it that uh, just like Todd Bryan said, well, we get ridiculed for this, but we're going to continue. You know, it, it takes that strong fortitude and attitude to, you know, for those uh, people who don't believe, they're just, they're small-minded. Uh, they don't want to believe. And probably the reason why they don't want to believe is because it scares the holy shit out of them. You know, oh my God, it's a monster. It's running around. We need to kill it. Well, no, we don't need to kill them. But as some of us have talked about, in order to have 100% proof beyond reasonable doubt that the government won't try to cover up, as they have, there's going to be, have to be somebody that shoots one, drags it into the local Walmart where they have the check-in station and say, look what I shot today. And I, I hate that thought, in all honesty, because in true thinking about them, Sheldon, they are a being. They're not just a, an animal of sorts like a, a bear or a skunk or a deer or a fox or whatever. They are a living, breeding being. So uh, hopefully that won't come to it, but there's Louisiana now here in, in the United States has a hunting license for them. Oh boy. That's not right. Oh, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do some research on that one. Well, there's, there's, like I said, uh, I think it's, I forget what group it is that's down there that is researching them and everything. I've watched videos of this guy. He's going out there. He's in full camouflage. He's got a, a hunting rifle. I think he said he's carrying a 300 wind mag. He's setting in ground blinds, fully camouflaged, using calls. He sets in tree stands. You've seen him setting in tree stands and everything. But in all honesty, Sheldon, these beings are too damn smart to know that they're not being hunted. And they're staying away. Yeah, I uh, I don't think you're going to be able to sneak up on one unless it's just absolutely impaled into something else that they're doing. Maybe, you know, picking berries and trying to eat or maybe fishing in the water. Cause it seems like a lot of people have encounters along the rivers, but to go out there and actually hunt them. <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah. And, and I had somebody email me and, and ask me about that, what I thought about, you know, actually going out to hunt them specifically. And it, it bothered me on a, on a, you know, on a mental level, I guess, cause I, I just can't see myself doing that. But you know, there, there's other factors that people aren't taking in, into that. Like if you shoot one, odds are it's not alone. And then you're going to be dealing with, you know, an angry, you know, eight foot 
beast that that's built rock hard with muscle and they i don't think a 308 is going to quite do it but you know <laughs> you better be a good a damn good shot if you if that's what you're taking out there with you but i, I just better no words. yeah yeah i i just I, the thought of hunting these creatures for sport or for you know reward money or something it just disgusts me and i i i, I, I can't stand that 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 thought so it, it just it bothers me so i'm actually i'm going to look that up afterwards and maybe do a show on on that subject but uh, let, let, let me ask you something really quick before we, we venture too far off the road. But how long did you follow the tracks for? Uh, probably a good 40 yards. Oh, and you didn't? Oh, not very long. No, huh? It, one reason why is because, like I said, I was starting to get into an area that, in which I didn't have permission to be unless I was tracking a wounded deer, which I, then I had oh. permission to go on to the property by the owner of the lumber company. But yeah, it, it, and you, those are the only two prints that I've seen in, in uh, one bare spot, and then there was another, and it was pretty good. But all I could see after that was just, you know, you could see where the impression of something had moved, and the strides were probably eight, nine foot apart, you know, so that's pretty good size. Yeah, that's a, but, big, uh, that's a big step. About, yeah, only about 40 yards due to the fact, like, again, I'm in on, uh, property where I don't have permission unless I'm tracking a wounded deer myself. Plus, knowing that there was other other hunters in the woods, I didn't also want to possibly run into one of them or spook a, a nice buck out from them or you know whatever they might have been hunting as far as a doe or you know trophy hunting for a buck like I was. Yeah, then then that's just and, common courtesy. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know exactly. So. After that, like I said, I just I just turned around, backed out, but it was only 35, 40 yards, not not very far. Let me ask you one other thing. Yeah, like, you were a, a law law enforcement officer. Like, do you think there would have been repercussions had you spoke out about what what you said or, or went public with your encounter then? Very much so, very much so, Sheldon. Because being a small community that I worked in, there was only. At the time when I started, there was only like 6,500 people in the city. And the city has since grown since then. And probably, it might, I might have lost my job. I could have been a chance, you know, or they'd have been saying, well, we're going to send you to the psychiatrist to see if you're mentally ill or not. So, no, that's, again, it's 1994. And about the only thing out there that's been major between then and 67 was the Patty film with her, you know, walking away from uh, Patterson and Gremlin. Now, if you watch that, I'm sure you probably have several times like I have. She's not showing any sign of aggression. She's just trying to get out of there. And, you know, when she turns around and looks at him, to me, she's looking to see if she's being followed. And, you know, she's not showing any aggression. She's not charging him. She's not screaming, yelling, and trying to grab a hold of one of them to tear him apart. She is actually trying to get away from him. And so in that aspect, that shows that there are probably those out there that are more aggressive than others. And I think when when we talk about firearms and, and possibly shooting one, I, you're going to have to have a octillery of, of weapons to take one down. I agree with that. But I do think, though, they know enough about the sound of a gunshot or seeing somebody with a firearm to know that it can harm them. It can harm them. So they, they, and I'm thankful that 
this was this a big guy or a little guy or whatever. I'm I'm just glad and thankful that he turned and went north and didn't come at me because I was ready to unload my shotgun and but it that didn't happen and I and I'm very thankful for that. And some people said, Well glad you didn't shoot it. Well, I am too. And now knowing more about them as I do than what I did then. But you know, I, I have heard stories where people have had problems with what they consider to be rogue Bigfoot and Sasquatches and maybe have a clan of like four, maybe five. And next thing you know, you know, they're calling their sheriff's department saying, Hey, you know, we've got problems. And the sheriff comes out there. And of course, all honesty, even though they're well-trained, they're not trained for anything like this. I wasn't, I wouldn't have been. And you hear of, Special ops coming in, driving up in their military vehicles, getting out, going into the woods, shots fired, helicopter flies over. Pretty soon then they come out, get back in their vehicles, and they're gone. And supposedly they're taking out these rogue Bigfoot plans that have actually been destructive, killing livestock, uh, you know, actually scaring the crap out of people by going up and banging on their houses or breaking windows and stuff like that. So, you know, the government actually knows they're out there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure beyond a reasonable doubt that they do, but they're not going to say anything because if they did, most people are going to say, Oh my God, we got a monster out there. We need to kill it. Or they're going to be so afraid and petrified that you're, camping industry is going to go to crap and all of your major state forests and parks and and they're going to suffer from it because people are just not going to you know i'm not going in there anymore because they've got a monster in there yeah but i do believe that people need to know and understand that they are here and they're going to be here along with other things that even though you may not like the idea that they are here get over it because they are exactly exactly yeah i mean that one account where you said where they're in and i do believe you're correct i do believe the military and the government do know that these things are out there um and you know they do have to come in and you know and i hate to say this because it sounds awful but they do have to come in and clean up the you know the more violent ones and and those are very few and far between from from what at least i understand like there's not too many too often you hear something that uh where these creatures are actually, um, you know, threatening people's lives. I, I think they use, they tend to use, and this is my own opinion, and you, you can chime in on this if you'd like, but I, I think they use fear as a, as a weapon, as a defensive mechanism. You know, the, the louder you scream, you know, that'll scare the hell out of you, and then you'll leave. Um, you know, because even from your own account, you know, you, 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 you got screamed at a couple of times, and you fired your gun into the ground, and I think that's, that's the point where that, oh, you know what? Okay, it's got one of those boom sticks. Time for me to leave. You know, I, and that's what I mean. Yep. You got into a pissing contest with it. But, you know, for the most part, I, I don't I, I don't get a lot of reports of these things being overly aggressive to the point where people are fearing for their lives. But, you know, they, they do happen once in a while. But, you know, that, I mean, <laughs> people are no better than that. <laughs> I mean, think we're, I think we're fairly worse off than, than Sasquatch are. But that, that's my own opinion. I mean, I, I think that's that goes with the smell as well that that it was exuding. I think it uses the smell as a, as a defensive mechanism, and you know, hopefully that'll be enough for you to to get out of there. But 
that didn't work. So it went into plan B, which was to, you know, scream at you. Hopefully that would scare you off. And then, you know, basically I, I think you, you won the standoff, <laughs> so to speak. Does that make sense? I do believe that morning I, I was the victor, but at the same time, I could have very much so been the loser too. And, you know, in between, uh, after the first roar and everything, after there's something I forgot to share, I thought I heard Scooby Doo talking like, and I'm thinking, what? You know, I'm thinking, he's probably trying to say, hey, get the hell out of everybody. I'm hunting this morning. This is, this is my spot. But, uh, and I've heard other people saying, yeah, you know, they hear the gibberish talk. And Indians have said that it is a old language. Well, if it is, I've, I've never heard it. But, you know, I, I'll share something with you. In talking with a, a person who is very knowledgeable, they've been into this for 40-some years. They've had so many encounters with the Bigfoot on their property that they have become more and more attuned to them and are able to encounter with them in an aspect that they can share thoughts back and forth. Now, the ones that she was told about are the travelers. They're the ones that are more violent and they're the ones that can be very, you know, destructive on your property, kill your cattle, uh, and your dogs, you know, a lot of people say, well, my dog come up missing and cats, whatever they can get their hands on, you know, and some of them said, well, I had a turkey farm and feathers were just in piles all over the place and all the turkeys are gone. So she said, these are the travelers that are actually popping in and out and causing the main problem. So that would that would kind of go with being aggressive and and all, but when you you got to believe though, Sheldon, when you look again, watch that Patty film. She's not trying to be aggressive. She's just trying to get out of there. She just wants to, you know, get away from them. And you know, uh, they got lucky. They she was maybe she was foraging and she might have been looking for grubs or mushrooms or whatever it is on the ground that she was looking for and. They startled her just as much as she startled them and their horses. And, you know, all she was doing was just trying to get out of there. Yeah. But that's one. A lot of people, you know, they've tried to debunk this film and say, well, it was a man in a suit and, you know, it's all staged and so on and so forth. And like Steve Eisendahl said, he said, I'll give anybody a million dollars who can take the same type of camera that uh, Patterson and Grimlin was using, the same camera, the same area, same location, and you put somebody in a suit that looks exactly like what Patty did, and you recreate it. And he said, if you can recreate it and I can't debunk it, he said, I'll give you a million dollars. Well, you can't. You can't recreate that. Because the simple fact and reasoning is, back then, they had no idea on how to build a suit or sew one together that looked like her. They just, they're just the technology wasn't there, and a lot of your studio artists who you know do these big time uh, creature films and everything, they just said the technology wasn't there to build a suit like that. 
so it's you know that's when I think a lot of people start thinking, well, you know, they're there, and then you have more and more into you know the shows about the Yeti and and the Abominable Snowman, and then stories that you would read in National Geographic or you know other other places where people were more and more talking about them and trying to get the information out there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to see the, um, the, uh, 4k, um, stabilized video Patty that's out there? I have heard about it. Like this, this, uh, person I've been talking to here is, is a vast knowledge. She told me quite the story about that. I haven't seen it. She said, if you get one picture, uh, there's actually other Sasquatch in the edge of the woods watching all of this yeah if you yeah it, it's pretty common now please but if you just search it up on even facebook for that matter you could somebody went through the trouble of actually stabilizing it so it, it's not all jumpy and and, and put it in 4k mm-hmm. so and you can see details on 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 patty that that you, you just couldn't have faked in 1967 I, i'm sorry like to all these non-believers the the, no. the technology wasn't there it's I, I don't think it's still it's i don't think it's here yet unless it's cgi but you know it just it just you couldn't have faked the de- level of detail that was in in that video. So yeah, give it a look. See, it's it's really cool. Um, I wanted to ask you oh, before. I've, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to say that I've watched it several times, and my like I said again, my true feelings was she was just trying to get out of there. I mean, she got you know she was probably just as scared as what they were. Uh, oh my God, there are humans. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh my God, there are women. She was just trying to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What what did you ask? Oh, I was going to ask you before I let you go here, though, is, you know, it it seems to me, though, that your encounter really kind of changed you. And maybe not in such a major way, but on some level, I mean, mean, to run into one of these creatures, I I think changes people. I mean, how how do you think, you know, your your encounter with your Sasquatch, how did that change you? Well, it, it, changed me in the fact like a lot of people said i never went back out in that woods without having my smith and wesson model 629 magnum on my side during gun season or in a shoulder holster during bow season now during bow season you're not supposed to be carrying them but you know what i wasn't taking any chances uh i have respect and and living here in arizona now um for the past couple of years and we have a a UTV Polaris general and we're out riding around in the backwoods and taking the back trails all over. I am constantly aware of my surroundings, not just because they're a cougar up here and bears, but also because uh, we've seen structures up here. We've seen a couple footprints. So I'm always aware and alert when I'm out in mother nature. I enjoy it too much not to go out. And I'm, you know, I'm constantly just like a, a predator or prey i'm sniffing the wind and i'm you know i'm looking at my surroundings and everything and you know people ask me well have you ever felt like something's watching you no that's that feeling's never come over me or any like a lot of people have i've just tried to be more aware and constantly observing and not letting my guard down now some people say, well that's paranoid no, a chance mind leaves little to be chanced. You're just prepared. You know, you, you want you don't want to be out there and doing nothing about it and just oh, you know, look at me, I'm having fun, and then <laughs> boom, you know, even 
even though it's not maybe a Bigfoot, but you have a bear sneak up on you. Yeah. Or a cougar or a mountain lion, you know, and that could happen. Yeah, there's, so, there's, there's other dangers in the woods, yeah. Exactly, there is. And people who go out there who don't know or understand these dangers are the ones that get hurt. And they're the ones that, you know, they want to say, well, why didn't I know about this? Why wasn't I warned? But the encounter, Sheldon, in all honesty, it left me confused for quite some time about, you know, what was it? And each time I would go back to the woods, I was constantly aware of the wind current. And knowing the woods as well as what I did, you know, I had five tree stands set up, one in each corner and one in the middle. So I could play the wind in any direction it come from. And I had paths cut out to these tree stands, not only just to make it easier for me to get to it, but also for the fact that deer is going to follow that trail too. So you know, going in at nighttime, or well, no, I shouldn't say nighttime, but dark, you know, you actually couldn't see anything on the trails. But when I was coming out, I was always watching the trails to make sure, you know, looking for anything out of the ordinary other than a deer track, a coyote, or something in that aspect, turkey, fox. But I never did see anything else after that, never did hear anything else after that, never smelled anything else after that. But you're right, it did change me as far as, you know, I've become more interested more and more. Then it kind of, you know, went away. You didn't think too much about it. Then you start having more of these TV shows come on. And and uh, on Facebook, Bigfoot Believers. And I, you know, really got back into listening to other people's stories now and reading their stories. Yeah, and I'm glad to great. see that. <laughs> I love doing yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's good to see that, you know, again, uh, guys like you, Brian and Todd and Steve Eisendahl, and I'm sure there's a host of others, are out there, you know, taking people's encounters and, and talking about them and letting people know, hey, look, uh, it's okay to talk about it now because we believe you. And if other people don't believe you, they're small-minded. They don't want to believe. You don't have to argue your point with them. It's not going to do you any good. Just talk to those who do believe or who haven't encountered themselves and discuss it, you know, and let let everybody know that it's okay to talk about Sasquatch now because uh, they're here and they're here to stay. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself. I totally agree. I mean, this isn't, you know, it, it, one good thing about, you know, the, the world kind of changing the way it is and, and people are, are opening up a little more is one happy side effect of that though, is, you know, you know, people are actually not afraid to talk about their encounters or are becoming less and less afraid, I should say, uh, talking about their encounters. And, and, you know, it, it just, it's great for people to let it out, you know, because, you know, it can be quite traumatic when, when it does happen to you in the moment. But, you know, if, if you just talk about it and let other people know what happened and then there, there's, you know, hundreds and maybe thousands of people that are in the same boat as you. And, and you know, they've heard or, or seen something that they just can't explain and they don't want to be be put into a box and, and labeled as crazy. And it, it's it's not. It's perfectly okay to come out and talk about it. So that's why I actually, that's why I love this podcast because I get to talk to people. And, and, you know, I've had a few, few guests on the show that have actually complimented saying, you know, it felt so good to, to let it go, so to speak. Yeah, so. So I thank you anyway for coming on and telling us about it. I'm glad you actually shared it. So thanks. You're quite welcome, Sheldon. And I, again, I uh, appreciate you guys that are out there doing this for us. And, you know, there are those who have had the encounters that they won't set foot in the wood again 
anywhere, any place, at any time. You know, it, it so traumatized them that it, the fact of the matter was they're done. They don't, they, you know, they hide in their concrete jungles now or stay in-house. And, they, and if they do live in an area where there's a wood, they don't venture out past what their safety zone is. So it's good to get it out there and, and help people feel more at ease about what they have or haven't actually seen because you know some of these encounters like mine did i see it no did i hear it oh yeah i heard heard that damn roar which you know again the vibration of my chest was just like somebody beating a drum like ringo Starr drumming on my chest the smell yes they're there so you know i think there is people who have had these encounters that maybe uh like campers you know all over something in the edge of the woods line but we didn't know what it was who it was and why was it throwing rocks at us why was it throwing a stick at us so you know a lot of things too i believe and this is me that if you do have an encounter try to be as calm as what you can and just walk away just get out of there just like steve said i know you're here this is your day. I'm not going to bother you. Just turn around and walk away. Had I known not what it was, oh, yeah, I would have probably turned around and walked and said, I'll come back next month sometime, maybe. But at the same time, you know, I, I didn't think at any point in time certain, beyond reasonable doubt, that it was a Bigfoot. I just was more concerned that it might have been a bear. And if you run from a bear, you look like prey and they're going to charge. If you stand your ground with a 12-gauge slug gun, I knew that if it was, uh, you know, a black bear, I mean, Indiana coming down from Michigan, it's not going to be a big one, maybe a 250, 300-pounder if, if that. And I knew that the slug gun would take it down. I wasn't going to run and be chased and mauled. But it, it, thanks, Sheldon, for having me on here. And give me a shout when you're going to put this up. Send me an email. Oh, absolutely. And or on Facebook. Keep up the good work out there. And uh, thanks for being a believer yourself. Well, thank you for taking the time. I really do appreciate you coming on. I, I really, I went, when I read your story, I, I, I knew I wanted to get you on the show just because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people who've had encounters without sightings and, and, you know, they're just as valid as, as sightings themselves. But uh, yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to have you on there. Cause just so people also know that what to look for and, you know, those weird screams that happen. Uh, aren't just a random happenstance there's actually something behind it so that's why i wanted to get you on so i do appreciate you taking the time today and so thank you so much and uh, uh i'll definitely keep you posted when this comes out thank you sheldon keep up the good work we'll talk to you soon hopefully and if you uh, have any other further questions or anything just let me know give me a shout and we can talk will do will do and, and for the audience just hang in there we're going to be right back we'll close out the show stay there And we're back, everyone. We are back in time to pull a pin on this episode. I'm glad you guys were here with me today. Uh, I got to give a huge thank you to Dwayne for coming on. You know, it was a lot of fun talking to you. And, you know, maybe it's a lesson learned, but, you know, not all encounters have sightings. Um, you know, just from the story that Dwayne talked about today, I, I'm 99.9% .9 convinced that he ran into a Sasquatch that day. And, and, 
You know, I think he's very lucky that he had a gun because it sounded like it was kind of, he was kind of mad at him. <laughs> so if you guys are listening, just be careful out there when you're hunting and, and whatnot. You know, and another thing too is that it's it's really nice to speak to people who are like-minded like yourself, you know, not and not just Bigfoot stuff, but I mean, whether it be, you know, whatever subject you're into, you know, me and we, we talked for like <laughs> probably a good half an hour after we were finished recording and you know what? Dwayne, you're a good dude, so I want to say thank you again for coming on. I had a lot of fun having you on, so uh, thanks again. Uh, let's see here. What's coming up next week? Remember, there's no Saturday show this coming Saturday, so this will be next Tuesday, but let's find out what's coming up next week. Let's push this button. On the next episode of This Sasquatch Show, brought to you by Nicola Valley Bigfoot. This creature is standing upright, and it was hairy. It was, it was humanoid in appearance, and it, it was bipedal. Um, it was very, very tall, taller than a human, and uh, hair all the, all over its head and across its shoulders and, and body. So definitely try to tune in for that one. That was another fun one. Uh, we're going to have Sharon Eby come on the show, and she's an author and a researcher, and uh, she tells about her, she's going to talk to us about her encounter that happened to her and her son and her nephew. Uh, which kind of got her into the whole Bigfoot world and, you know, led to the book. And, and you know what, just tune in. <laughs> I'll try to explain it, but I'll butcher it. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, tune in. Uh, let's see, let's get out of here. Uh, but before we do, let's do this. If you've had an encounter and you want to be on the show, I can be contacted at NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-A, NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. I know it's summer and you guys are probably all up, out and about and camping and you know, having fun, which, you know, we all should be after the, you know, the past 18 months that we've been enduring. I think we're all due for a little bit of relaxation downtime. You know, everybody's been on edge lately. So, um, go have your fun. But having said that, I would still love to hear from you because I really want to get more people on the show. I do want to go back to two episodes a week, um, but I can't do that without you guys. So submit your stories. Maybe, you know what, if I get enough, we'll just go right back to two, two episodes a week and, uh, we'll just go from there. <laughs> But anyway, let's get out of here. It's it's just been uh, it's been fun. So I'm I'm gonna end this on a high note. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Mm-hmm.